Welcome to the Technology Labs podcast number nine. I'm Tom. I'm Rick. And I'm Daniel. And our guest today is uh, Julia Di Russo, if I pronounce it correctly. Yes, you do. <laughs> Julia, will you introduce yourself? Yes, uh, I'm Julia Di Russo, like you said. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a data scientist at Sujeti for now about a year and a half. And on the side, I'm a writer and blogger about the topics of uh, AI, machine learning and leadership. Cool. Nice, nice. Well, uh, we'll definitely dive into the topic uh, uh, more deeply in uh, in this podcast uh, today. Uh, but first, we start with the technology updates that we have brought with us. So, Daniel, will you share us your tech update for today? Yeah, I have a tech update about Microsoft Flight Simulator. Okay. Um, nice. They introduced the Flight Simulator, the new version uh-huh. uh, for 2020. Okay. Um, and um, the news headline said, Microsoft Flight Simulator returns as a mind-blowing next-generation cloud showcase. So um, it's been a while since last uh, um, Flight Simulator has been released. 13 years. 13, so, 13 okay. years ago. Yeah. Okay. And I thought these, these flight simulators are still... Very, very popular, right? I mean, oh, they are. Yeah, well, Microsoft yeah. Flight Simulator isn't there. <laughs> there, or, uh, there are some other flight simulators, of course. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But the last uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator was 13 years ago. Um, and what has been changed in that time is, of course, we got Google Maps and Bing Maps and all those kinds of things. And the satellite images, a lot of those are, are available now. Mm-hmm. So the way they have to design this game is completely different. They have... Uh, for instance, integrated uh, Bing Maps in there to see like the um, uh, all the different uh, images of the cities you're flying okay. around in. Oh, right. okay. Um, they are using uh, all kinds of um, uh, data to see like how many trees there are and the height <laughs> and and so on. They are using all kinds of sources to make it easier to 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 create those worlds, right? Yeah, yeah. So that um, they don't and to make it more put, realistic. Yeah, yeah, and they don't have to put it all in the game. They exactly. just use what's yeah. already oh, yeah. available. Exactly. So you have to run it online because, then. Yeah. So that's really interesting oh, okay. because they will update it, and they will also use um, air traffic. Uh, of that moment. Real when air flying. traffic. Real oh, that's air traffic. Fun. All those <laughs> kinds of things are happening. And I was I was reading this article and I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> And also the weather updates are also uh, nice. real time. So, yeah, yeah, so you had real weather. Yeah. Oh, so, you, so yeah. you could also make a record-breaking flight from uh, uh, New York to London. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago with this big storm. Exactly. They had a new world record. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're flying yeah. Uh, over Mach 1. Uh, no, 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 no. Right? They didn't fly over Mach 1 because no, okay. the, the air speed was yes. lower than yeah, yeah, Mach yeah. 1, but the yeah. ground speed was uh, 1,370 yeah, kilometers an hour, it. which is uh, incredibly fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they, they were they, in within five hours or something like that. Yeah, it was four, really quick. Four eh? hours, uh, fifty-eight, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, Astonishing. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it was like more than one hour faster than normal, <laughs> and uh, they saved like uh, fifty tons of fuel. Wow! On, wow. on one flight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but how much did this? Did another flight spend? Yeah, the other one <laughs> going the other, the other way. way. Other way yeah? <laughs> but I guess they flew on a, an other altitude where they ah, have okay, less. Okay. Yeah. Uh, problem with the wind <laughs> of course of course yeah so yeah. you're now trying it out or you're, you're, no, you're, you're going to install it or what you're it's you're not um, it's not um, 
it's not out yet, so okay. it will probably take a lot more uh, time to um, to get it. Yeah. But I think it's really interesting yeah. that they are using those uh, cloud technologies sure. and also real time um, things in there. So data. the weather, yeah. the um, but but you need a serious data connection in order yeah. to play it, right? Yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of data coming in yeah. uh, uh, real time, uh, yeah. being processed and, mm-hmm. and exactly. being converted into your yeah. environment in your flight I'm, sim. I'm I'm pretty interested in how that's that's gonna work because yeah. there's like two petabytes or something of data uh, for for those kinds of worlds, and ah. that's not even including all the images from the okay. uh, from the uh, Bing Maps and those kinds of things. Yeah, um, it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So it has to be really smart about it and. Will, yeah. be, will it be expensive to uh, to buy or to try out? Or I don't know, and I don't know how they will will do that. Maybe they will just ask like seventy euros for the game, but maybe no, they yeah. have a su- okay. subscription service because, of course, sure. it's ba- based on the cloud and yeah. it's um, being updated. Microsoft has to pay for that, of course, and yeah. it's like peanuts for them because they run the whole cloud, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's their thing. Yeah, it's kind of their thing. Yeah. <laughs> but still, it's a, it should be a subscription service, probably. Yeah. Is it... It sounds a bit over-consumer-grade, more more almost professional-grade flight sim. Mm-hmm. Or is it is it consumer-grade? Or is it... Well, I, I guess it's consumer-grade, but uh, the funny thing is that often these consumer-grade stuff is now getting sometimes yeah. even better yeah. than the professional real, stuff. Yeah. Because in professional flight simulators, they don't have this real-time uh, no. connection. Yeah. On the other hand, maybe it's better they don't have it. Because maybe. otherwise, <laughs> it's becoming quite uh, difficult. For example, if you want to uh, sure. uh, 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 train an approach to Schiphol Airport, mm. if you have the real uh, traffic also there, it's very yeah. uh, busy at Schiphol Airport. So you can't do an extra landing <laughs> because all the other There's flights no are there. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or you have to take rid, yeah, get rid of one of those planes in. Yeah, that's difficult. Yeah, huh? it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult. No, but, also, but it's still yeah. fun, and it's also interesting to remember where it has come from, because the very first Microsoft Flight Simulator, you only saw some lines that yes. indicated some some ground Mo- and <laughs> mountains were just mountains triangles. Just, yeah, the, probably. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and and landing was uh, virtually impossible back yeah. then. <laughs> it was because you only had a keyboard. True, and, and right. a couple so of take, buttons to Taking control. off was was uh, doable, but landing was impossible. I'm, I'm, I can remember that the, one of the first flight sims I played was, I believe, Red Baron. It was oh, about. Okay. Uh, it was already an old old uh, flight sim, but it was the World War One. Flights, yeah, yeah. planes, uh, so the yeah, double-decker planes yeah, and, and, and these and kind of things. Decker. And triple-decker we, we planes. We weren't bor- born then. <laughs> <laughs> well, even we weren't born then. <laughs> yeah. But that oh, really? was already quite good. And, and uh, I know that it went really fast b- because I can also remember the flight sims with the triangles only. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there was this Red Baron. And after that, there were a couple of more that were really good in, in yeah, a very yeah. short period of time but, already. But so. now uh, it's real life uh, yeah. stuff. It, uh, yeah. yeah, it's great. I was on a holiday uh, the other week and uh, I visited a flight uh, uh, airplane museum. Oh, okay. Uh, in Germany. Yeah. Uh, and it also had a flight simulator or multiple even where you can buy time on the flight sim. Yeah. Uh, but it was about 100 euros per hour. Oh, so it was. So. A, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> it was a real flight sim sim. So yeah, yeah, one of those yeah. more professional grade flight wow. simulators where you can fly a Bell helicopter or couple of different planes uh, oh, okay. uh, in uh, in oh. very nice surroundings and that that really looked 
very realistic ja. already. So, ja. Uh, yeah. ja, cool. Consumer grade stuff yeah. coming towards us. And um, yeah, let's try it out. Yeah, I'm looking let's keep an eye on it when, it, when it's there. And uh, yeah, we I'm have lo- to try it out. I'm looking forward to seeing other games as well with like real time things. Because um, of course, there's a lot of games that have, uh, for instance, uh, uh, first person shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, are, they really have um, uh, old battles like uh, from World War II of or course, World War yeah. One and those kinds of things. But I, I like the elements that they have, like the um, the weather updates and those kinds of things and traffic. Yeah, you could do that really easily, I think. But, but it's already yeah. there in, in uh, games uh, nowadays. Eh? The, uh, I know that the Pokemon uh, game the, uh-huh. uh, already has some better information in its game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, it has better boost. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> it has it has better boost for specific Pokemons with when mm. it's raining or when the wind's blowing or whatever. Yeah. So that already incorporates real time data. Location data, of obviously, because mm-hmm. you are walking around, and and weather data uh, to go with it. So mm-hmm. th- there are a lot of games that already make use of yeah. these kind of uh, information. Yeah. Uh, but but this is a good, yeah, good good new step, and uh, yeah, let's let's try it out when it's out there, and yeah. uh, and talk about it after <laughs> after that. I'm curious to see what happens. Rick, what is your uh, tech update? Well, my update is a real piece of technology. Okay, so okay. I'm, I'm showing it here. Oh, unfolding it. Te- yeah, so this is uh, my uh, new phone. Wow. It's a Nokia 800 Tough. Okay. But uh, actually, it's it's my second phone because <laughs> I my first phone is an iPhone. and uh, But I, I <laughs> do like to... Uh, uh, do stuff around the house, uh, repair stuff or whatever. Uh-huh. And I'm always uh, um, uh, careful that, that I don't drop, uh, for example, a hammer on my iPhone uh, because that would ruin <laughs> the iPhone. So now I've bought this uh, Nokia 800 Tough. Yes. And it's called it tough, tough. because Yeah, you can just t- t- okay. drop it on the on the table and no problem. It bounces around. Yeah, yes. yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. No, Daniel, be now Daniel, careful. <laughs> Daniel is doing the stress test now. Challenge accepted. But, uh, no, but the interesting thing is uh, it looks like quite an old-fashioned phone and it uh-huh. just has real buttons, which is quite nice if you just want to wanna call. Yes. Um, it's for seniors. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it. Now, it, it. If you look at the advertisements, it's uh, especially meant for uh, builders and uh, that kind of uh, uh, people. So, uh, so you can use it, use it with big gloves on. Yeah, you can use it with gloves on. But it, but the interesting thing is it also has new technology because it oh. doesn't have a touch screen. Like, uh, no, I, yeah. you can touch it. It doesn't help. But it does have Google Assistant. So oh. you can talk to it, and then it does stuff. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I just tried it, but I first need to connect it to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. I didn't do that. But uh, okay. so the the interesting thing is that they they and and of course one of the reasons I bought it is also a quite a cheap phone because okay. it uh, it cost me 119 euros I think. Wow. So it's uh, uh, very cheap. So. If it breaks, eh, if I still drop a hammer on it and uh-huh, it doesn't uh-huh. resist, then it's not a big loss. Um, and yeah, and it has dual SIM to my surprise. So uh, wow. yeah, so I actually I was uh, quite uh, uh, pleased with it. Sure. It also has things like Google Maps, so it has some built-in apps. So Facebook. it's not really uh, yeah. 
Facebook. Uh, yeah, it has Facebook. I don't <laughs> use Facebook on, on YouTube. This phone, probably. Can, uh, yeah, uh, can yeah. you imagine how difficult it is to type a, uh, uh, a sentence? Message, yeah. uh, because you still have to use the the T9 oh, code because oh, you wow. just have the number keys. Yeah. So I, I put the most important context in and I <laughs> first had to remember how did this work? <laughs> because it's just an old-fashioned Nokia, which is also... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting to what see. What is it on the top of it? But it says, uh, it's a lens? Is it a flashlight? No, 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 what is it? Yeah. Um, oh, I oh it's a flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. And how strong is the screen? Because that's what I always break. Yeah. Uh, I haven't tried it, but okay. it's supposed to be quite strong. Challenge okay, Is it like <laughs> yeah. plastic or? I yeah, think it's plastic. It? Okay. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like plastic. Okay. It? Probably very tough plastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks so, uh, really rugged. Yeah, strong. and it, yeah, it's supposed to be waterproof, and uh, of course, yeah, I didn't try that yet. It's <laughs> 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 brand new. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Daniel offers his coffee now. <laughs> <laughs> See so, what happens there. Yeah, yeah but it's. Uh, uh, I was also uh, surprised that uh, Nokia as a brand still exists, eh, because a couple of years ago it was yeah. sold to like Microsoft, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this. But yeah. Uh, you as a Microsoft. That was uh, a really, man. really big success. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, so <laughs> now it's gone back to Nokia, and but they they actually uh, have these. Yeah, and I I bought this one because I still used my old Nokia phone, which is more than 10 years old. Uh, ah. But but the on-off button broke, so ah. it didn't work anymore. <laughs> so you couldn't repair it. There were no spare parts anymore. I haven't tried, but probably <laughs> that was more expensive than <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> so uh, true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know nice. that. Uh, I believe Caterpillar ha- uh, yeah, makes Cater- also those those rugged mm-hmm. phones, yeah, and they look a bit similar. It. So the or at least the the, the yeah uh, form and shape. They, they looked at it. Yeah, but oh, it's uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, there must good be a market for it. Yeah, there is a market. There is for a de- it. yeah, there's yeah. a big market for it. Yeah, I think that's a good move for Nokia because we don't remember them for being innovative or anything, yeah. but we remember them for having phones that don't break. Yeah, sure. that you they're can very throw solid. against the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you yeah. know all yeah. those internet memes where there there's a car crash and then when you zoom in on the photo, you can see that uh, one car is standing up, but that's because there's a Nokia on. Those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in a car crash, these, these phones would bounce around your car and uh, nothing will yeah. happen. So they would no. hit the driver. Or yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, the windscreen driver. and uh, through the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, then. Oh. Well, it's a nice buy then. Uh, yeah, it is. And, and you're now trying it out and um, and report uh, in in the podcast. Uh, I will. What uh, what your experiences are and what happened to it? Because uh, <laughs> of course we're curious what what happens to the phone. Yeah, indeed. If it all uh, does it me- does it measure the the shocks and the hits and the how uh, what what big a fall it it takes these kind of things. Do you think there's a lot of, <laughs> of that, this that would kind be of interesting in in it? No, I don't think would so. That cool. would be cool. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. That would be cool to build in these kind of data to, to get out of the phone to yeah to see what, what really happens to, to these uh-huh. kind of rugged phones, right? Yeah. Well, maybe an, an innovative idea for Nokia to build yeah. in their next well, rugged yeah. if, tough If they phone. listen to our uh, uh, podcast, they <laughs> definitely will uh, try that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's send it to Finland. Yeah, 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 yeah. We always have these great ideas on the podcast, so... 
<laughs> Everyone should listen to it, obviously. Um, and Tom? Yes, my tech update is uh, space-related, since none of you brought a, space, a <laughs> brought a space item to the, to the tech update, and we, no, we almost can. always have one, so <laughs> yeah, I thought to bring you. one. <laughs> space simulator. <laughs> <laughs> a space simulator. Hmm, how to travel to Mars and uh, yeah. in real time. That would be yeah. boring. And then, yeah, do the Voyager <laughs> 2. And then 30 years later. <laughs> 30 years later. See what happened. Weather update. Do it. The weather update. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in, in the sense... Well, now it's not related to any... Uh, okay, well. So what is it? It's about... Um, yeah, space photo of the week, actually. Uh, Venus is the spacecraft killer. Uh, there's um, yeah, a nice picture of, uh, uh, of Venus made. Uh, uh, it's a composite uh, picture of a lot of different data from different missions. And they've created this big glowing ball. That they uh, Presumably it looks like Mordor from uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> a big ball of lava. Uh, uh, it looks great. looks cool. And um, uh, they're studying all kinds of yeah, data sets to see what, uh, uh, yeah, what the surface of, of Venus would look like or would, would, yeah, would be there. And um, they were also trying or talking about NASA uh, uh, trying to build a mission to Venus, uh, but would be a kind of a suicide mission uh, to go there and to study the atmosphere. Why? Um, uh, because the Venus is covered... Primarily carbon dioxide, uh, and um, well, uh, the rest is volcanic. Actually, the whole surface is a big volcano, or well, the the, the, the insides of a volcano. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, so nothing you, will you really survive there. there. No, you cannot survive. Well, it's very difficult to build something that will survive there. Eh? Talking about tough. Uh, Nokia phones. Yeah, probably <laughs> building a Nokia phone wouldn't work. And, and spacecrafts are tough. Right? You, now, you can imagine uh, entering and exi- exiting our orbit, but building something that would withstand uh, the Venus atmosphere and uh, uh, and surfaces would be very difficult. So they are, yeah, trying out all kinds of different uh, ways of collecting data uh, and uh, combining it and, and building pictures of that. Uh, so it's, it's nice to see that they've now created a cool new picture of Venus, uh, of this well, quite bizarre world. And yeah, if we would nah, go nah. there once uh, in the far future, we would need very, very tough spacesuits <laughs> in order to <laughs> land there, I would say. Uh, but I thought the picture was nice. So I brought yeah, it as a tech update. Quite a number of nice pictures on this same website. Yeah, it is. It is. So, yes. Uh, well, everybody look in the show notes and... Uh, yeah. Try it out. Yeah, cool. it, it even uh, has pictures of 1996 of the Magellan uh, mission. Uh, uh, yeah, it has all kinds of different data, very close-up pictures where you can see all kinds of lines on the on the surface. And um, yeah, it's cool that they've now brought everything together into one new picture on how Venus would look like. And mm-hmm. uh, talking about flight simulators, maybe combining all of these kind <laughs> of uh, activities, we can really create pictures of our planets around us and stars around us and well create that flight simulator that uh, simulates uh, missions in space who knows yeah with real-time updates of the the planets around us <laughs> <laughs> and see how uh, well weather updates how the uh, with, with the new mission that's uh, uh, up there for um, looking at the sun 
with the solar flares and uh, etc. That really influences, uh, well, even life on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and but everything in space will be influenced by big solar flares, solar mm-hmm. winds, uh, etc. So that that could be incorporated into yeah. a space simulator, where you have <laughs> real-time updates of what happens out there. Yeah. Well. Again, a great nice. idea for <laughs> for Microsoft in this case. Are they listening? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they are. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I hope they are. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, uh, let's see uh, what happens after uh, this podcast airs <laughs> uh, and all, all these great ideas uh, come into uh, new iPhones and uh, new mm-hmm. iPhones or new phones in general and uh, and the new simulators. So, yeah, who knows? Enough about tech updates, I would say. Let's go to the uh, uh, more more data-related topics <laughs> Yes. with Julia. Um, so what, you already introduced yourself that you are working with data. Yes. Uh, but also with uh, machine learning, AI yes. around this data. So what, yep. what is, can you elaborate a bit more on what you do? Okay, so uh, at the moment I'm now working with uh, ING. Um, a lot of mm-hmm. what I do is data science, data engineer, uh, engineering related. Um, it changes a lot from one assignment to the other, so that's the beauty of data science. Sure. Um, to define a little bit data science, because mm-hmm. that's a very common word, Yes. but then everyone has a different definition, really. Uh, to me, it's everything you do to find insights in the data, or try to predict an outcome um, for the business. Okay. So that could be, for instance, uh, object detection, but that can also be things like a lot of data cleaning, uh, a bit less exciting. Um, (laughs) So for instance, I read a blog recently, I think a few months back, about, um, so the title was Data Science is Boring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I loved it because it really broke this idea of, it is so sexy and you have to do six, uh, data science and you have to do artificial intelligence because in real, it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it can vary from, you know, very cool things to detect something in space yeah. to sometimes having to really dive into the, de- in the, into the details, into the data and, you know, start cleaning, which takes hours. Yeah. Um, so that's a bit... What I do now. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> one of the things that a lot of people think is, for example, machine learning goes automatically, but it needs data and preparing the data is the big thing. Yeah? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting, so somehow getting people to give you the data, uh, getting the data from the right places is often where it goes wrong. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So uh, it's not that people don't want it, but often many systems have been made 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago, depending, you know, uh, where you are going, especially in large companies, banks, insurances. These systems were not made for machine learning. They were made for stable. They were made for uh, being able to easily maybe retrieve retrieve small amounts of data uh, and to never break. But usually they're not made for multiple connections or to just retrieve all of the data, which is sometimes what you want for machine yeah. learning. Oh, yeah, but but these, these systems are made to store huge amounts of data, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So they, they contain a wealth of data. Yeah. Uh, but getting to the data and, and getting the right data and, and verifying whether the data is right, that yeah. is the real challenge then. Yes. Often it is the, the, the biggest issue because also as a data scientist, often you need... Um, either data that is anonymized or mm. uh, in some way you cannot be able to link the data to a person. 
Of course. Uh, which is very important for insurances, banks, all of that. Um, for transa transaction data, for instance, it's extremely interesting, but you cannot relate it to somebody. And these systems haven't been made to handle that either. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so you have to create these connections um, and you have to make sure that you can link it and use it in an environment that has enough uh, computing power. Um, which is the other issue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can imagine yeah. that this, this, the standard environment is, is not used to working with those algorithms and these kind of things. So you have to bring it to another environment where you mm -hmm. have those available, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's also why, for instance, neural networks was very big. Uh, it's, it's now very big. It's a very big subject everywhere. Uh, and everyone thinks, oh, they, they've been around for like maybe 10 years. But that's not true. They were around for several decades but yeah, we yeah. didn't have any computing power to do anything mm -hmm. with them so everyone dropped them yep. yeah, and then yeah. they renamed it into deep learning to sort of cover restart this idea yeah, yeah to restart it again to have a new branding of these algorithms mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, and now they can work because we have the computing yeah. power uh, but it remains pricey depending on the company you are mm. um, and you have to have security systems on as well so it's always something now that uh we have to think about computing power yeah so but it's is um all the systems that you work with or all the companies that you work with do they uh, mainly use cloud systems or do they also have their own premises systems still because i i can see that cloud is really important for for yeah. those large cal calculations and stuff like that uh the computing power of course yeah. um But uh, are there still companies that need to be on-premises because of regula uh, regulatory reasons and stuff like that? Yeah, so that's exactly the issue I see the most. So um, a lot of companies like banks, so mm -hmm. now I'm ING, have on-premise um, uh, computing power, so they have their own servers, uh, etc., their own racks. Mm -hmm. um, but now we see that they're trying to move to the cloud uh, because obviously it is sometimes cheaper depending mm -hmm. what you're doing on it uh, but they are trying to obviously move to the cloud more and more mm -hmm. but for banks it's really hard in terms of security yeah. mm -hmm. um, because there's always the question of ownership of your data mm -hmm. uh, so right now for instance ING mainly tries to uh, keep the data inside mm -hmm. um, and that's something that they that they have a very big issue with because yeah. um You have to have somebody being responsible for the security of the data. And if it's an outside cloud, so uh, Azure or AWS, yeah. any of these, um, who is responsible if there is if there is a breach, if we lose yeah, something? Yeah. So these clouds are really amazing, and that's really where they want to move from. So I mm -hmm. think IBM Amro is moving towards there. ING is moving towards there. They're all moving to have more and more in the cloud. Mm -hmm. um, But it's a move that takes really long because yeah. it has to be very, um, they have to be very careful with it. Yeah. And the old systems, of course, which are not made for multiple connections, you already said. Yeah. I think that maybe the, the cloud systems could pull data from there slowly, yeah. probably, and then anonymize them. And is there, is, is the problem then tackled um, with the security stuff or not really? Um. So anonymizing is more, um, so it's, it's one security issue. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the biggest one is also making sure uh, that only the people that should be accessing it, access it. Okay. Uh, so for instance, 
in the department where I am at, at ING, which is a security compliance, um, they have a lot of pen testers. And these have a lot of, their job is basically breaking into anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that that is also a very big question. Can, mm-hmm. can somebody break into it? Um, things like that. But also within an organization like ING, there are so many people that they also think that the way of do not trust your own people. Mm-hmm. So, because it's so large. So it makes yeah. that if you have five people that have to deal with that data, only these five people yeah. must be able to touch that data. Mm-hmm. And even them must be able not to edit that data. So even the fact of opening an Excel file, yeah. this is too far. Because if you open it, you can edit it and yeah. you don't want that. Yeah. Um, so this is really, there is a question of anonymizing, but mm-hmm. there is also who can reach it. And even yeah. internally, you want very, very strong regulations on who... Uh, who can touch that? Yeah, maybe that's that's even more important, right? Because I can imagine that if from uh, from a bank or from any uh, uh, company points of view that owns the data, yeah, uh, that has to be uh, that uses that data. Huh? They they have to mm-hmm. use it because they they uh, well do the banking stuff for the people that that have yeah. uh, an account with them. Uh, so they have to use the data, and they don't have to anonymize it because. They are working with it, and then according to rules and regulations, you can work with that data, and it's all about the right people accessing it yeah. and the right people editing it or the yeah. right services editing it. So yes. I can even imagine, and I was just thinking about what you were while you were uh, talking about uh, usage of data, anonymizing it. Why would a bank anonymize all the data? Because they they are they have to make use of the data, right? Yeah. So you could also s- to turn it around and say they are a bank. So they have to use banking d- uh, mm-hmm. data details. Yeah. Why not use that data uh, also for for yeah, training uh, mm-hmm. uh, neural networks, uh, uh, using the machine learning algorithms on those, because it's what they do. Or yeah. is that is that so, too simple to say? Yeah, that's that's rather complex in the sense that there are re- there are situations where you are allowed to keep certain information in the data. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the exact name for it. I think it's pseudonymization something like this oh, so, pseudonym yeah, yeah pseudonymization yeah, yeah. pseudonymization yeah. there yes. we go <laughs> uh, so there are certain cases where you can keep more information of the data depending on what you are doing okay. especially if you have in the end to be able to relate it to somebody uh, but most machine learning issues uh, really need to be uh, completely neutral right um, okay yeah, is so, it the case that while training the machine learning algorithm you want to have this anonymized data because you're just training the model and then when it is trained you can feed it real data to use it to process real data but and, and then you need real data i guess um it's about training okay, sets so, and test sets and, yeah. and real yeah. sets right yeah so if you let, let's take an idea for instance um and then maybe that will make uh that uh-huh. will make it clear so if you take the example of um i i live in utrecht in canal island um and if we are trying to use postcodes, so mm-hmm. you will think Zip codes, yes. that's not so much something you have to, you know, take out of the data. Uh, and then you will look at people that are um, not paying their certain bill on time, let's say uh, electricity or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you will look and you will take the postcode into account because somehow uh, you realized while training uh, that it was a very big um a very important feature in your data. So it was really good at predicting who was going to pay and who is not going to pay. Let's say an area that's a little poorer, like Canal Island, makes that some of the people are 
not paying on time. Mm-hmm. So somehow you might decide, so probably they would not decide something like this, but you might decide, let's have them pay a little bit more because we know they will you know, <laughs> yeah. not pay on time. Yeah. So we have it's to higher s- risk. cover ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like yeah. this. Yeah. Um, then if you move there, you are, you're not responsible for what people do there. And, you know, you are not per se going to defect on your payment. You know, mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm. so um, you are going to move there. And because some people in your postcode yeah. have been not paying on time, you are also paying more than the others yeah, because yeah. you live there. And yeah. that can be seen as a sort of discrimination mm-hmm. because you live in a certain part of the city, you get a certain... Yeah, well, but that's mm-hmm. but common with insurance. with other, yeah. other yeah. insurance as with, well. Uh, yeah, but for instance, the, that's why the, the gemeente, uh, the, the municipalities, uh-huh. uh, are deciding not to use postcode data to yeah. predict certain things, yeah, okay. to that's remain yeah. neutral. So if, <laughs> yeah. you're, yeah. if okay. you're predicting something about the area, how often it has to be cleaned or something, that's a different thing. You're not discriminating mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're trying to figure out... Um, are these people going to pay on time? Things like this. Yeah. Then they try not to have that because then you are putting people that are not part of this pool automatically in a pool. So you are yeah, okay. discriminating. So, so therefore, as a data scientist, you often also have to make ethical decisions. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, some things are ethical and some are not. Yeah. During my master, I actually had to read the ethical code for data scientists. Mm. So it's not oh. a something in the law or anything. It's an ethical code. For instance, um, yeah, if you are being asked to predict things that you know will help discriminating other people, yeah. then that you have yourself to say, no, this is not okay. Because okay. you can go very far. In- who, yeah. made, who made those, by the way, the ethical code? Uh, I'm not sure anymore. I think it was among universities. Oh, okay. Yeah, especially for uh, research that is done in data science among mm-hmm. university, mm-hmm. which often cool. involves, uh, can involve discrimination yeah but but uh, i'm now triggered because rick just mentioned insurances and i also thought about insurances uh insurance companies typically will discriminate b- mm. based on on location mm-hmm. right where you yeah. live you yeah, where there's an area with with uh, which is more prone to burglary then you pay more insurance for your house yeah. or yeah. for your car than in other areas in the yeah. country or yeah. in a city that even is true. yeah I, so and uh, how does that uh, is it because it's historically done eh, in that yeah. way, and it's not really, it's not really u- uh, using machine learning. It's just based on statistics, I guess. Yeah. Historically, uh, so, so should, it, should that change then? And now all of a sudden, or, or so you could you could argue. Yeah. You're not predicting no. about a certain person. You're predicting about the area. So that's yeah. also something that's difficult. But to give you an example, for instance. Uh, in France, I don't know how it is here. We used to. It used to be that with insurances, uh, a man would pay more than a woman, okay. because according to statistics, they had more uh, expensive accidents. So if they had accidents, they were bigger. <laughs> okay. So women tended to have. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, women yeah. tended to have uh, maybe more accidents, but smaller, smaller costs, yeah, yeah. while maybe men tended to, I don't know, total their cars more yeah, often. Okay, yeah. uh, so they made them pay more. And mm. then somebody raised the flag and say, hello, if we this are doing is, all these things yeah. against discrimination and data, then gender should not be in there. You're discriminating. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, but on the other hand, if the population of men drives a more expensive car in general, uh, and as opposed yeah. to women, who have, sm- like you said, smaller mm-hmm. cars, yeah. m- less expensive cars, I can imagine that the cost yeah. of, a, a, yeah. of the same accident is yeah. higher for... Um, but the, the cost of the car is taken in the calculation. Yeah, so that yeah, was okay, more the yeah. idea that, let's say, yeah, if, yeah. if you were ah, male, yeah, yeah. then yeah, the cost was higher sure. just because you were male. Of not, course. Not because of the car. Not or because the... of your car. Because oh. then the ca- cost of the car is also taken into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now they've changed that. So now okay, okay. The, it's the same price for both, which means probably now women pay a bit more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the that end. That sounds fair okay. as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what? it's a bit strange yeah. eh, that you can see all kinds of relationships between data. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we used to do that from one point of view, from a very rough statistical point of view, if I mm-hmm. uh, might put it. And now we have all this data around us yeah. that is so spe- can be so specific yeah. that you... And, and then it becomes very difficult to find the real relationship between... Yeah. Or the correlation between all this, these, these data sets. Uh, yeah. uh, just as we saw with the... But, well, basically the picture of Venus, mm-hmm. uh, pictures of, of 96 and even earlier were looked at. And then they had a very different picture of Venus than they they they're creating right now. Yeah. So the same hap- same thing happens yeah, yeah. to data in in banking and insurance companies right now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it will yeah. be in the future. Uh, how do you look at the future of, of all this data? How will that impact us or um I tend to be optimistic, but I also like rules. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, in the sense that I feel a lot of companies are now having a lot of data. Okay. Um which in some sense is comfortable. Uh, it's nice when you use Google Home and you arrive home and you can have these routines that the moment they know you're home, they turn on the lights and do all mm-hmm. these things without you having to do anything. So this is nice. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's giving a lot of powers to a lot of power to a few players. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there should be quite some rules about it, about what they're supposed to do, what they can share. It started with the rules, so we now have GDPR and yeah, all of this, yeah. uh, which as a data scientist is also a pain. It's also yeah, really yeah, hard. Yeah. But I am part of the ones that say, yeah, I think it is needed. I think it is needed because right now, uh, as much as we are um, we are having a very um, nice, I think a nice moment in history towards data. So we start to know what to do with it. We start to have the computing power, uh, and so many things can be done and improved thanks to data, even uh, in terms of medical data and things like this. But we also have to be able to um, prevent a few companies from being able to do anything. Yeah. I can uh, imagine. So that's a bit my view. And the second part is I think we need to communicate more about it, um, which is also why I write about it and so mm. on. Yeah. Because a big part of the society is out of this. They do not get to hear about data. They do not get to hear. So not only old people, but people that are really disconnected from it. And they use all that technology, uh, but they have no idea what data involves. And if you tell them data, it's this very vague word. Um, So I I think we should really educate more about what is AI. Is it dangerous? Is it not? Do you have to be scared of it? And what can you ask about your data? Can you ask companies to delete it, things like this. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's something that I, I would like to see as well in the future. Yeah, because you mentioned you are writing about it. And, yeah. and where do you publish things or what kind yeah, where of can things people do you find write? Stuff? Yeah, yeah um, so I, I write a lot for Towards Data Science, which is a medium publication. Mm-hmm. So I think if you 
Google anything about data science, one of the most known publication is Towards Data Science. Um, So if you need, we know it as data scientists because often we can find solutions for a lot of these neural networks we want to use. So that's uh, that's a very nice uh, publication. Uh, So I mainly write uh, for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So for instance, I I wrote an article that I really liked, which was uh, explaining data science to your grandma. Ah, uh, because my my family is uh, so I'm southern French Mm -hmm. and they are southern French and rather uh, above most of them 60 Um, so when I try to explain my job it's really hard and sometimes I just think about giving up and telling them I do something with computers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But it is nice to explain what you're doing. Yeah. So and, I can imagine that you, you want to put some effort in. Yeah, but well, how do you explain it to your grandma? <laughs> um, so basically, uh, I was trying. So it w- I said grandma, it was my grand aunt, but you know, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, okay. she's 75. So. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I w- usually take these ideas of going to Albertine or any supermarket and trying to buy um, tomato sauce or something like this. So that you go into the shop and you're buying tomato sauce and the algorithm will know that you are likely to buy something like spaghettis because a lot of people around you have bought the tomato sauce and spaghetti next to it. And then maybe meatballs or ground beef, something like this. And if you actually buy the spaghettis, then the algorithm will get closer to thinking, oh, maybe the next item is actually ground beef. And that it works a bit like this. So it's trying to have the same thinking as people, but using data that it has seen before. So it works the same as people. People have seen this happen over and over again. So if you ask the cashier, she knows that because she's seen it so often. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, the yeah. machine works the same. It's just seeing it over and over again and then thinking, oh, then if they've buy, bought these two things, uh, they're probably going to buy this third. Um, this one I like because that was the topic of my thesis. So I had to explain it to a million people. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, not a million people, but no, yeah, I had yeah. to explain it yes. to sales teams within mm-hmm. uh, the company where I worked. I had to, op- to explain it to... Um, at my graduation to a room of people that have nothing to do with data science Um, and that also don't speak very well English. They have to use easy Mm -hmm. words, not like neural networks and association (laughs) rule mining. Then they're like, okay, yeah. Um, So then that is something that I find very fun, trying to put it in um, not baby words, but simple words and simple stories. Yeah, cool. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, that's a, that's a good explanation uh, uh, already. As yeah, a, indeed. As a it's, quick it's... definition of data science, right? Uh, yeah. Already like... Uh, and, uh, and other topics that you write about? Uh, yeah, I so I like writing a lot and I like writing about var- variety of topics. Um, I'm also a horse trainer. I have my own horse. So oh, I okay. wrote about also leadership because I saw this, this combination between the two worlds um, where... When you have a horse, you also have to learn about certain types of leadership. And I found that very applicable to the technology world mm-hmm. and to the business world in general. Uh, so I wrote also about this, about leadership, about communication in data science. So really communicating about uh, your projects or to people that don't know anything about data science, uh, things like this. So okay. I sometimes write for Towards Data Science, but I write for more publications on Medium, okay. like the startup and things like this. Oh, cool. So cool. 
Well, uh, let's let's put a couple of links in the show notes so yeah. people yeah. Can, uh, can follow and uh, and read more about uh, the topics uh, nice. that you're interested in. Very good. Um, well, we're already uh, heading towards the end of the of this podcast, um, uh, so it's good to, to put a couple of links there uh, for the blogs that uh, that they can read more about you uh, and the topics. So I want to thank you. For uh, attending our podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you very much for um, inviting me. It was a lot of fun. Okay, good. And and thank you for explaining data science uh, yeah. uh, for once uh, <laughs> uh, for, uh, to everyone in, uh, in in layman's terms. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's a good thing as well. Uh, well, thank you listeners for listening and uh, see you at the next post- podcast. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 bye.